I know I've told you the story about this moment in my life a few times, but it's probably the story I tell the most often about my life, and that goes to tell you how important of a moment that it was. I was working backstage at the theater as uh, on the stage left as the st a stage manager, and in this particular production, there were a number of my female friends that had been cast in the show, and the show was very, well, it was erotic, and the treatment of the women in the show was, in my estimation, deplorable. So there I am sitting backstage. I have my headphones on, uh, waiting for cues to come up, and I'm kind of sitting squat and looking out between the curtain legs out on the stage and uh, watching part of the show that just kind of disturbed me on the inside. And then this thought out of the blue just hits me. I go, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. The this was not theater. It was producing quality theater that pro promoted messages with which I highly disagreed, that made me uncomfortable. Moments like that are turning points in anybody's life. It's the moment of opportunity when you make a decision that will guide the course of your life. It may not change everything at that moment. You know, things may look for the moment the same as they did a few minutes ago, but the ship has started to turn. You know, the giant ships on the Great Lakes, they don't just turn corners like that. You know, it's, it's slowly, they start coming around and switching directions. That's why I call this particular moment the moment that began my serious inquiry into the priesthood. Because, you know, a guy doesn't decide to become a priest when at ordination or when the bishop chooses him or when he goes into the seminary or even when he's talking to the vocations director or even when he mentions to someone for the very first time, you know, I'm thinking I might become a priest. Something, a moment happened a long time ago that started him thinking that. So there I am in the theater, and I, and I could have gone in a number of directions at this moment with the decision I had to make. You know, and once you open up your mouth and say, I don't think we should do this anymore because those who are listening to you are going to say, okay, what are you going to do about it? And if you just shrug your shoulders and say, I don't know. With that quickly, people will stop taking you seriously, except for those who feel the exact same way and are equally as cowardly and just want to participate in being a miserable mound of dissatisfaction and grumble with you. There's a similar moment in the gospel today with Zacchaeus. Jesus is coming to town. At this point, Jesus is a rock star. People line the streets to see him. Dads put their children up on their shoulders. Feisty grandmothers elbow their ways to the front of the crowd. And those who planned well put their folding chairs out early, went to the coffee shop, had coffee, and now are coming back to their folding chairs, right? Zacchaeus, being very short of stature, runs on ahead and climbs a sycamore tree. We got to see one of those trees when we were on the pilgrimage in the Holy Land. We pointed out in the town where this story uh, is said to have happened, a very, very old sycamore tree. It was not the sycamore tree, but a very old sycamore tree that would have been similar. And you could see these trees are awesome to climb. They're a little bit easier than most trees, especially if you don't have monkey legs and arms like mine. You could get up in this tree. 
So Zacchaeus is already responding to Christ, right? There, some, some message or something must have come to him that sparked this interest in him. And he already has curiosity. And he's already making this little extra effort to see Jesus as he passes. And there he is up in the tree and Jesus stops and looks up to him and says, Zacchaeus, come on down here. I'm coming to your house to stay tonight. You know, he just thought he was this anonymous guy up on a tree. And all of a sudden, he's the very center of attention. Everything has changed. All attention is on him. Immediately, tongues start wagging. Tax collector. Sinner. This is one of those moments of change in life. What are you going to do? A tiny voice in the back of your head says, this is a significant moment. Even if on the surface it doesn't seem so, somewhere back here you know this is a significant moment. And a lot of things could have happened, you know, and Jesus calls out to him. He goes, ah, no, I'm okay. Catch you next time. Let me know next time you're coming to town. I'll be ready for you, right? The possibilities are many, even to betraying what he feels in his heart or that voice in the back of his head in order to save outward face. But something told him this was a significant moment, a salvific moment, and that he better take advantage of it. And so first, he diffuses what the people are saying about him by immediately removing any cause they may have against him, repenting any wrongdoing, and accepting the invitation. His life is doing this, right? How significant was this moment in his life of being, having someone say, I'm coming over to your house for dinner? 2,000 years later, you and I are still talking about it. One of the reasons you and I are called to Mass every Sunday that we are encouraged to take advantage of the confessional, that we receive the blessed sacrament, that we are called to prayer daily, that we are formed to be a people of charity toward others, to have contact with Jesus, to be little Christs, Christians. And so that when this moment comes to you, your response will be one that will lead you to making a decision that will guide your life to all that is noble, good and of which you can be proud when you look back on it so that you won't be too afraid of the sacrifice or risk of the unknown to be able to dare magnificently so that you will be open to magnificent rewards to not just flow along with the endless tide of floatsome that leads to stagnant waters of no note notice there is not one other person in this gospel besides Jesus that we know anything about except this group of tongue waggers that are counted as this anonymous large group and then discounted. Christ did not suffer and die so that we could be guardians of our own happiness. There is no true safety in Christianity. There will be moments when the tide around you has changed and all of a sudden you are standing there alone on the shore and all eyes will be on you to see if you're just going to go along with the rest of the tide or if you have something to say. If you are an individual with the strength and the courage to walk against the tide, to make a positive difference, even if it annoys everybody else. To have taken advantage of the golden moment to side with Christ, to change the direction of your life. That is what we are preparing for when we listen to this gospel every Sunday. 
and why every Sunday we come together to eat his body and drink his blood, to prepare for the golden moment in your life.